This episode of Harmonious Gentlemen is brought to you by Blind Man Brewing, makers of craft beer in central Alberta. Say hi to Hans and ask about the new craft beer Commonwealth. Harmonious Gentlemen. Podcast episode numbers were equivalent to the number of flavors at the now defunct Baskin Robbins ice cream store. We would be snacking on a maybe peanut butter chocolate. Yeah. This is episode 31. Wow. And there were 31 flavors at Baskin Robbins. Really? That was on their sign. Yeah. Like for, for how, like the whole time they existed? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. And I think they're, they don't exist anymore, right? Does a Baskin Robbins still exist? I don't know. I don't know. But I knew what you were talking about. So, And I you believe. associated with 31 yeah. with Baskin Robbins. Yeah. And now you'll also associate it with the Harmonious Gentleman. Yeah. The podcast that is now recording their thirty-first episode. You're Chris. I'm Chris. You're Graham. And I'm you're. T- and I I'm Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good intro. I'm just I'm just, sorry. I'm thinking about the ice cream thing. And if if you're sort of all in on the advertising for thirty-one, and like someone invents a new flavor, you're like, you, what are no. you gonna do? You can take one well, off the board. Well, I guess. you drop hey, strawberry. Take one off. Yeah. Right. Your least popular. Yeah. Take off strawberry. That's a good call. Or cotton candy. Or butterscotch Bob- ripple. Bubble gum. Mm. I think you keep peanut butter, chocolate, yeah. moose tracks. My kids like cotton candy too. I don't know. Tiger? Yeah. You guys big tiger fans? My kids are. Yeah. yeah. I like Anything thing. with the bright colors. Yeah. But it's orange and licorice. Like that is actually a pretty gross combo. Yeah. So it's good to see you guys. Chris <laughs> is hosting us again indoors. It is now mm-hmm. uh, mid-October. So you know what that means. Freezing cold, tons of snow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Tyler, we were going to maybe start with an email that we mentioned last time. Yeah, we, we got an email from a loyal listener, Sherilyn, um, and she wrote, Hey guys, so I usually have something good and then a smirky kind of emoji face <laughs> to add to your conversations, but I'm most often out on a walk when I listen, which means that by the time I get home, I forget what I was going to say. Maybe I'll have to start dictating notes to myself to go back to when I get home. So while you wait for my amazing insights, Chris and any other of you who are olive lovers, I'll mm-hmm. make you some of my blistered olives sometime. That sounds what? good. Blistered that sounds olives. delicious. Also, from a couple of episodes back, email for the win. If you guys remember my um, recommendation for email being a good thing. Yes. Oh, she's, she's Yeah, she agrees. Mm. Okay. Um, but also, um, carbonated flavored water for the win. Nice. So it's kind of like... Olives and carbonated water. Miss a little mixed bag there. <laughs> um, looking forward to the next episode. Sherilyn. Well, thank you. Thanks, Sherilyn. Yeah. I think Sherilyn already has a sticker, but if not, maybe she should get another. Let's do it. Or the yeah. first one. Speaking of stickers, Blind Man's got them on the desk, as far as I know. So head yeah. in there. Nice. And, uh, or just talk to one of us. Even though I did have a listener ask me for one a few yeah. days ago and I didn't have one in my wallet. Too. So, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of listener feedback, we have had a few people now tell us there's a problem with um, some podcast streaming services. Mm-hmm. Tyler, do you want to expand on that? You're the well, tech guy. Yeah, you nailed it. They've had problems oh, well. with our podcast <laughs> yeah. on streaming services. Now, I, if you've listened and um, the podcast has just lagged or stopped, um, we apologize. We weren't even aware of that until... No. 30 episodes in, basically. Yeah, someone yeah. let us know, and then kind of more and more people said, yeah, that happens to me too. But has so, that been doing it all for 30 episodes or just recently? From a few people I've heard that. Yeah. But oh, it's the people who, who stream it. So if you're downloading, okay. I don't think that's a problem. Right. Yeah. But we think it's because the file size is too high because maybe the, the quality is being saved too high. So I'm just going to do some tweaking and hopefully it's yeah. fixed for this episode. So 
But let us know if it's yeah. better. Like if that has been a problem and this one works, yeah. let us know. Or nice if it doesn't, let us know. Or if it sounds like trash, let us yeah. know. And if you don't want us to read your email, we won't. Just let us know so we can try and yeah. fix it. Because that's, that's awful. Uh, there was other listener feedback. And that was a bit about the 30th episode, the big... Uh, the big 30th shindig that we had yeah. uh, with starting it with Tyler and two special guests and mm-hmm. not really being clear on their, who they were, <laughs> who they were. or what they <laughs> were doing there. Yeah. But it was just kind of a, a fun way to kick things off. So if you haven't listened to episode 30 and you're going to go back and do that, um, you'll notice two special guests in the intro and the confessions. Yeah. It was great having them. Yeah. Hey guys, thanks for, for doing that. Um, another bit of listener feedback that we got um, was from uh, one of our more loyal listeners. And I won't mm-hmm. say who it is. I don't want to embarrass him, but just a true blue fan of the show. Next day, talking to me about the new episode kind of thing. And he mentioned uh, a couple of different ideas for maybe segments. So instead of always doing recommendations first and then okay. our topic, yeah. he said, while he likes recommendations, um, maybe we could do a different kind of topic um, I don't know if we want to lose confessions. Like I quite like that one in every episode, but mm-hmm. maybe for the opening of the podcast, we can try something a little bit different. Um, so you guys want to start that tonight? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good idea to try some new things. When we started this podcast, it just kind of happened that we yeah. had a three segment thing. It wasn't really a plan. Yeah. Right. Um, or that it would go, that those three segments would be the ones that carried on. Yeah. We just kind of yeah. kept doing it. So and we are willing we, to try stuff. It's, yeah. it's cool that I, we were told this because right away I thought, yeah, that's a great idea. So are you saying we're not recommending tonight? I'm saying we're not. No. It's okay. I'll save mine for next time. Yeah. You can email the show at harmoniousgentleman at gmail.com and we'll give you direct one-to-one <laughs> yes. recommendations. That's a great, yeah. great idea. Um, but we'll do a quick break and then we'll reveal what, uh, what the new segment today is going to be. Yeah, looking forward to hearing that. All right, for this segment, um, we decided to have a surprise for two of the three um, gentlemen. So Graham looked at the news, looked at current events, picked a story that he thought was interesting, and he's going to present that to Chris and myself, mm-hmm. and we'll just have a short um, kind of conversation about it, see where it goes. Yeah. So this isn't our main topic. It's just a segment called... Well, we're, we're cleverly calling it Current Events... Nice. Yes. Yeah. Also, this feels quite risky. Mm-hmm. Does it? I don't know. Okay. I'm not bringing <laughs> I'm you guys like though. a crazy um, story. It's actually a pretty... Pins and needles over It's kind of a funny story that I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. So today, the news story of the week... Wow, we have no name for this. We should have thought of a name first. Yeah. News story... Uh, okay. Risky events. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Email the show. Um, so I saw on the news this week... Um, by the way, this is, this is a politically inspired topic. The uh, American elections coming up, kind of dominating the news cycle right now. Mm-hmm. And so I thought um, this is kind of definitely related. It's political in nature, but it's also not really. So, um, <laughs> so this week, John, John Fogarty. Do John you know who John Fogarty. Fogarty is? Was he part of CCR? He was, yeah. Right. I think he's like the lead singer or one of the singers and songwriter of CCR. He, um, he spoke out and... Uh, sent a cease and desist to the Trump administration to stop playing the song Fortunate Son at his rallies, uh, at Trump's rallies. 
Okay. You hear about if that? CCR isn't Republican anymore, who yeah. is? <laughs> well, so, you know, he said that this, he actually said some pretty, I thought, hilarious things like this song is railing against people like you, like you're the fortunate son that we're lamenting in the song, <laughs> which is basically what he said. Oh, um, man. That's funny, right? And, and yeah. so then that's, so I thought that was a, a funny story as it was. And he said that, um, you know, some cease and desist is supposed to get them to stop doing it. He had a, I, I was going to read out what he said, but I basically it was just that. It was just a, some folks are born yeah. um, silver spoon in yeah, so, yeah. You know, the That's lyrics are very time. much, it's, it's maybe it's irony that Trump stands there and, you know, dances around to it or whatever. Um, by the way, do you see him dancing at a rally? That's a pretty I funny did video see, too. Yeah. I, I just saw it. a, Check a it out. gif of it. Yeah. I saw a gif. I, I, saw, I saw some comparisons to Elaine's kick dance. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. funny. Anyway, no so that got me thinking about, um, this is not a new kind of story. This has happened in, yeah. in many election cycles. I remember back when... Um, oh, like shoot. Trump's, ele- or just anybody well, Trump, taking... There was so, another one with Trump earlier Yeah, on. I went down a rabbit hole, and Trump's had probably 20 or 30 different artists kind of come forward and say, don't use my song anymore, like literally. Yeah. Like it's a lot um, that he's used. Um, so can I just ask a question about, yes. like when you use somebody's song, don't you typically ask for permission first? I think there's... I think, or you just I don't, I don't think you need to. I rally. think it's like a courtesy. I, I think, the, oh, okay. I think, and I didn't look too far into the, the law of the, but like you know, you can't. There are fair use rules in terms of crowds and stuff, and so I think huh. in some ways maybe he can't. I'm not sure entirely if it's totally legal. Okay, I think it's probably fairly safe to do it. It's just these bands feel like I don't want to yeah. be associated. They're not with this. suing him. They're just saying, yeah. please stop. Please like, don't. Yeah. Okay, got it. Right. You wouldn't want to sue him, but uh, not like you're profiting off it. It just no. looks like the artist probably supports you if you're using right. their music. Okay. So, you know, R.E.M. was another band, um, Adele, like a lot of big artists have basically come forward and said, you got to stop. And some are polite about it. Some say, I don't want to be political. And some say pretty pointed things. Um, right. But then I was looking back further even and um, Sarah Palin, uh, Tom Petty was upset with her years ago because she used the song American Girl at some of her rallies. Right. And he said, like, number one, that song's not a happy song. If you listen to the lyrics, it's brutal. Um, but just... He didn't want that either. Um, there's a whole lot of examples. You, it's kind of funny. You can go down that rabbit hole and look it up. But I thought that was an interesting topic. Um, just the idea that you can kind of take anyone's work and right. it's almost like it's branding yourself with that work. Um, well, I think the artist has more, like they like they know more about the song than the people picking it. Like Sarah Palin probably Googled songs about American right. girls. <laughs> right and yeah. like doesn't actually know what it's well, about and, like that's and, the thing at that level it wouldn't be sarah palin doing that wouldn't she have a team of 20 oh, yeah. people yeah. doing that like, right not her aren't they looking into that somebody on trump's team's got to know what fortunate son's about yeah i doubt they really <laughs> care to be honest <laughs> no well oh, you, know, you know and actually i, I forgot sorry Todd, i forgot the most uh, famous example of this was um i don't remember which politician um it was a republican candidate at some point but it was um born in the usa uh bruce springsteen hmm. which is not a rah-rah USA song, hmm. um, lyrically at all. Um, I think it's an anti-war. I'm not sure, but it's not, it's, it's just the spirit but, of the lyrics have nothing to do with what people are using it for. And he spoke out against the politicians using it. So this, this is an old tale. This is not new. Hmm. Um, anyway. So what's the backlash from Trump's side? Are they like, screw it, we're still going to use it or um, it's too early to know? I don't think they said anything. I, I do know that a couple times before now, um, he's actually like, said things back and made fun. Well, you know, we made you more 
you know, you're more popular now because of us anyway, and we'll find something better. Like he sort of right. made, yes. you know, Thank snarky. You, Trump for making CCR finally popular. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Never heard of Fortunate Son. Those 40 yeah. years of so, obscurity. Yeah. I mean, really, is it, is it that important of a story? Not really. I mean, it's, no. it's, it's, I find it as a musician, I find it interesting. If mm-hmm. I was someone who wrote a song that had a real message to it, that was hijacked by someone with an ideology that I was opposed to, and the song itself was opposed to it, that's, you know, it's interesting. Right. Yeah. I was going to say, I think, I don't think it was an actual Trump supporting festival, but Smash Mouth mm. played at a music festival that there was a huge COVID outbreak yeah. recently. Sturgis, I think, wasn't that the Sturgis, week, the right. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's some connection to Trump supporters there, right? Probably. I think. Yeah. But, anyways, I was just imagining Trump Bikers coming out Trump. to a, a Smash Mouth song. <laughs> All Star. All Star. Funny. <laughs> Yeah, man, watching him dance the YMCA is a is a wild scene. It's hmm. I never thought I'd do. The village people can't be on board with Trump, can they? I, that's a good question. This makes me think, like, okay, if bands like lined up and said, "Hey, you can use our music," mm-hmm. who would those guys be? Well, then I was talking with my wife a little bit about like sort of known conservative musicians. Couldn't think of a lot, really. There's not. It's not a ton. I think. But also, no. if, if here's the not that Nicole, it matters, I just Nickelback? the other perspective, like no, they they spoke out against uh, Trump. Used one of their songs actually. He was on, on the list. Yeah, <laughs> who was Nickelback? I, I, oh, I forget. The I list saying. is so long; it's tons. But if you're an artist and you make a song, like, should you have any control over? Like, you're putting it out there. This is just well, devil's advocate, kind of like you've you've given it to the world, and now they can use it. Yeah, right, but. But like if they're not, if somebody's not profiting over it, you mean? Right. And I, I get how like in a if you're an artist or something, you should have Trump to Trump is using it. it and it's, he's the guy that you were writing this protest song about. Like, I get how that would upset you. Right. But, but it's maybe too bad. So sad. It's yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Kind of. That's the, the, the just another. It just opens it up to being thing. for these bands to speak out, which is their right to say, this is not what I, my intention. Right. And then you hear like, well, I'll stay in your lane and. Stop being political. Mm. It's a really funny thing a couple months ago about Raging Against the Machine. Someone's like, man, stop being so political. And their yeah. dude's like, that's our band. That's like, our yeah. all we do. That's all we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's some funny memes about Rage Against the Machine because they've had a little resurgence of popularity. Mm-hmm. And uh, just of all these guys our age who grew up listening to them, who just realize now like what their lyrics are about. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It was a pretty funny meme. Just... Like, but oh. hasn't like punk music always been kind of countercultural? Yeah. Yeah, but like the ones that kind of went mainstream, like Rage Against the Machine, like there'd be a bunch of, uh, I don't know, just people would listen to it not realizing that, and then now when right. they when they finally vocalize their stance, it's like, oh, I didn't know that. Like then they'll say something like, "Stay in your lane." Yeah. Or, don't be so political. Yeah. And it's like. So just real quick to wrap this up, um, REM, uh, Steven Tyler of Aerosmith, Adele. Elton John, Queen, Earth, Wind, and Fire, The Beatles, The Rolling Stones, Twisted Sister, Pharrell, <laughs> Rihanna, <laughs> Guns N' Roses, etc. Goes on and on and on. Nickelback. So it's happened a lot with uh, Mr. Trump. So Smoking in the Boys Room, no longer the official song <laughs> of the 2020 <laughs> Trump campaign. Too bad. Well, we should play a song on our podcast and see if any of them might just get some press. Like, yeah, that's play true. One and they'll be like, we don't want sure. your song on our podcast. We could do Fortunate Son as like the out music. Do you remember when the Dixie Chicks spoke out against Bush and they were like... They're not called the Dixie Chicks anymore. What are they called? The Chicks. Okay. Because... But that's yeah. a big deal, right? Like they were... Like, I was... 
That was like the first even time I remember a band doing that. Right. In the recent. So I thought the story was interesting. It's an interesting story. John Fogarty mm-hmm. speaking out. Fortune Sun, really good song. Yeah. Really good song. And if you have never heard the song, just watch any Vietnam War movie, and I'm sure you'll hear it in a helicopter scene. And if you want to see a movie about the Vietnam War, Trial of the Chicago 7 on Netflix. Ooh, I stuck oh, it in. Nice. It tied in. So, nice. Chris, why don't you, um, now that we're done the current events segment, why don't you fill our listeners into what the idea of tonight's main topic is? Okay, it's nice that your current events, we, we didn't plan this in advance, but we talked about, like, how about doing three podcasts in a row where one of us comes prepared with a little bit of information, brings up a topic that the other two haven't had a chance to think about, really. Um, although it's probably a topic that you've thought about in the past in some form or other. Uh, and then we'll talk through some things. So maybe the one person will have questions for them. So I got to go this week. Um, and the idea is going to be ideologies. And what you're talking mm-hmm. about in your current event section is actually ideological thinking. So mm-hmm. when what I've created doesn't line up with what somebody is using it for, then that can be like an ideological conflict, which is kind of interesting. So I don't know if we'll have many conflicts, but it'd be interesting to talk harmoniously about ideology. Awesome. So maybe next time we'll have someone else pick a current event and someone else do the main topic as well. We'll get this going. Okay. It's kind of fun. Quick break and then Chris can start us off. I'm ready. All right. Well, ideologies is something that I've been thinking and reading about a fair bit over the last number of years. I taught Social 30, which Tyler now teaches, and that's kind of the topic for that whole uh, curriculum for grade 12s. And here's the definition of ideologies that maybe we can use kind of as a starting point. All right. So um, this is partly my wording, but partly just things I've kind of looked up and read. Ideologies is a set of beliefs or philosophies that a group of people have in order to make sense of the world, or at least like some part of it. Traditionally, ideologies help explain or describe things about politics, economics maybe, and sometimes religious information. There's probably uh, broader things that ideologies are used to describe, but for the purpose of this discussion, maybe we can kind of stick to those uh, areas. So if you want some examples, you know, like Marxism or communism or capitalism. Those are describing different things. Like Marxism would be a political idea, capitalism, uh, an economic one, but they're well, kind of a, oh yeah, you go include ahead, like environmentalism. Yeah. Like, okay. Feminism. Right. Like I wondered, is racism a ideology? I'm not sure it could be, but, um, huh. so it's, it's kind of like a, a way of looking at a lens maybe that you look at the world through. So I, okay. I've got a couple things to say about it, but I, I just, just as that, like, is that okay as a definition kind of to start? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Is that kind of what you would have thought ideologies were? Yeah. They're, and, and they're very overlapping, right? Like mm-hmm. Obviously there's, you don't subscribe to one ideology as a person. You've probably got many influences, many, you know what I mean? Like the, it's. Like competing yeah. or like you, you have an ideology to explain this and another one to explain yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. And they influence each other. Sure. Right. Like if you are a Marxist, like that's going to influence your views in other parts of your life as well. Yeah. But it doesn't mean you're a Marxist when you're talking about the environment. Okay. Right. Is that sure? Right. Like, well, I, yeah, I don't think there's like a right or wrong answer okay. there. Like I, 
I yeah, I think that that that's true. I just it's been in the news a little bit lately where I've seen people talking or claiming, especially in the states right now, mm-hmm. anything that is um, caring for somebody else is like labeled Marxism, or that's what it seems like right. to me. Yeah. Oh, you wear a mask? You're a Marxist. Like, so, you know. like or socialist. Right. Yeah. Is it some, right? It's a it's, terrible thing. It's, a, it's like the worst thing. Yeah. It's an insult. Yeah. 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 Um, so hmm. lots of people talk about this. I read something today that talked about like uh, ideologies are are not like empirical, so it's hard to. Um, define sometimes what exactly you think because it's more a way of looking at things rather than like trying to prove you know something. But um, we can, I don't know, maybe get to that. Yeah. So a tweet I saw yesterday from Brian Zand, who's a Christian pastor. Maybe, I don't know if you guys have followed him or yeah. seen any of his stuff. He's an author. Yeah. He, he He's kind of done some provocative stuff, but he, here's what he said about ideologies. He said, either the gospel of Jesus Christ is your meta narrative." to interpret the world or something else is conservatism, progressivism, capitalism, Marxism, nihilism, or God help us QAnon, <laughs> etc. Um, but I thought that was kind of cool. Just the idea that, um, what do you subscribe to and what, uh, what do you think about ideologies in terms of, you know, what they can do for you and how far they can take you, I right. guess. I guess I, I, I think about, um, kind of how organic the whole process is going to be with your ideologies. Like you don't ever sit down with like a book of 50 things and like pick your favorites and that's me now. Right. Like it, you develop it in your life experiences and your friends, your family. So I, I wonder how many people specifically ever confront that a little bit in themselves. Like what are my, like are, do I have blind spots for instance? Like do I have right. a, you know, an area I haven't thought of enough or I, I have nothing's ever spoken into this. So I have no idea about this or, um, like meaning you wouldn't know even how to carry out action in that area because you haven't thought it through or that, or, or even like maybe there's an, an ideology that I like that, but I didn't even oh, really yeah, know. I see. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, um, I think that the, the ism or the word is a way for us to explain things that we feel as important or mm-hmm. things that we agree with or disagree with. So it, that's where it can be dangerous where if you don't understand what socialism means, it can be dangerous, right? Cause you'll use it inappropriately. Um, but it's when it's used, when those isms are used appropriately and you actually understand them, it gives you a language to use mm. to explain what you feel. So I, I feel like your idea, everyone's ideology is unique and, and, and personal, but then knowing of the ideologies or the isms, gives you language to use with other people, um, in conversation. Yeah. Um, so, and do you think more so that you can identify what people are talking about or where they're coming from? As long as ever, if you're on the same, right. If you're using the, and and this is the same with language in general, if you're using the language, right. Yeah. Um, I think I know what you mean. So if, if you thought I was a Marxist and you're using that as like a slander or, but really like it's about me thinking socialized healthcare is important. Or yeah, if I'm trying to explain something that I think is important, I can describe that to you or I could use Marxism or socialism or capitalism. Or, mm-hmm. If we're on this, if we both understand what those mean, it just, yeah. it facilitates conversation and, and I guess like anything, if we don't have an agreed upon dis- 
description of what those things are, then actually our discussion is going to be pretty yeah. hard to follow. And I think that you mentioned social 30. I, I think that's the point of social 30. Isn't to like give, like Graham said, to give students a list of things to pick from. Yeah. Right. So, okay, which one do you want to be? Mm-hmm. Like, which one are you? It's like, here's language. Like, maybe this is how you feel. This is your value or this is what you think is important. Here's a group of people who also look at the world that way. So you can either identify with them or mm. disagree with them. Um, I don't know. That's kind of the way I think about it. Mm-hmm. But it's also a challenge because in our in society now, it feels like there's only two ideologies, left and right. Yeah. And then we throw yeah. other words in there yeah. that... Like you're either a, you're a socialist if you're on the left side of this, like you're, yeah. Right. Yeah, there's not, no, there's, nowhere else to be kind of. There's more nuance than sure. we see most of the time. I guess here's a question I'd have for you. Do you. Does everybody have an ideology? Well, I think yes, but not everybody can articulate it. Right. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, that's I would what, agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Or, or like you said, Graham, maybe you haven't thought it through in every direction. Right. And so maybe in that way you don't have, you don't right. have one because maybe you have never considered something. Yeah. That's a good but question. when the chips are down or when push comes to shove, is it like, okay, I have to decide this direction. So that it, would make me a classical liberal or. Yeah. I, I guess there's so many isms though. So many. With yeah. varying mm-hmm. degrees of like influence on your life and importance in your life. That it's hard to talk about them all collectively as one topic. Mm-hmm. I like it's great, but it's you know fascism and environmentalism. You know they they carry a different weight. Well, I guess maybe they don't in some ways, but well, maybe not. Yeah, I know that's that's, a, that's a, that makes you can a great, hyphenate yeah a yeah. bunch of these right. That's like you could example. be I'm an environmental fascist, fascist environmentalist. Right. Yeah, right. but I'm an economic. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know how long you want a segment to be, Graham, but I have. That's a, good, that's a good, that's, that that's can, a good intro. Maybe we can just sit and okay. chew on that for a second and some of the snacks you have. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sounds good. Snackism. I'm a snackist. Chris, earlier in that first segment, you mentioned a quote um, that compared ideologies or it talked about the gospel and ideologies. And I think it said something like you either believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. or you adhere to an ideology. Yeah. So I guess I know you were the one maybe coming with questions, but I have a question of clarification for you. Do you think he's saying that, um, that the gospel is an ideology? And if you're, yeah, is an ideology, I guess Mm -hmm. is my question. Yeah, that's a really good question. Like if you if we go back to the definition we were starting with, which was um a set of beliefs or philosophies that a group of people use to make sense of the world, then perhaps the gospel could be considered an ideology. Um and and remember Brian Zant is he's an author and like it's hard to boil everything down you think into a tweet, but right. I just thought that tweet was kind of provocative in terms of like and the comments to the tweet were sort of like, well, the gospel's not is more than an ideology, like just like right. you're saying, or right. I don't know if you are saying that you're asking. Well, my initial react when I when you said it earlier, my initial reaction was that it's not an ideology, right? But if you 
say the definition again. Like, say that definition again. A set of beliefs or philosophies attributed to a group of people in order to make sense of the world, or at least a part of it. Then it seems kind of like it is an ideology. Well, see, I, th- I almost think it does. It's not, because that's, that's people making sense of the world, like bottom-up approach, mm-hmm. where the gospel's not people making sense of the world. It's the world being, being presented, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's a different... This is what the world is. Right. They're not making sense of the world. The gospel is not people making sense of the world. That's so, the truth that's been given to them. That's that's not okay. Does that so make sense? Is the problem? Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I think I almost think that's that's why it sticks with me. Is but not then do we the all mess up? Are we misusing the gospel then? Because I I no. feel like people do use the gospel. I mean, yeah, to, they do use the gospel <laughs> to frame their outlook on the world, but. Well, and certainly it should influence how you think, act, and speak. So in that way, maybe it it, it has ideological implications, but... Right. Um, I don't know if this will help or not, but there's an author <laughs> whose name is David T. Coises, and he has a book called Political Visions and Illusions. Illusions, not allusions. And it's a Christian critique of world ideologies, and mostly he goes through five. Um, I'm not going to get them all, but nationalism, fascism... Marxism and communism kind of as one, capitalism and uh, liberalism. And so he talks about those. But his critique of ideologies is that all ideologies are inescapably religious. So they start out maybe as a way to look at the world, but they become religious in the sense that you um, kind of wholeheartedly ascribe to them. And that's kind of what your hill to die on sort of is. Right. Um, and he talks about how they become idolatrous because they're, they, an ideology identifies something in the world that's wrong. Like, so f- for communism, maybe the wrong or the ill is like the discrepancy in uh, work and um, money, you know, certain people have and certain people don't. So mm-hmm. the answer then is within the ideology yeah. and the salvation comes from following the ideology. So he kind of says like, and capitalism would be an example too. Well, if we have freedom in the marketplace, then there's salvation there. That will be the actual answer right. to discrepancy or disparity. Um, so those are economic examples, but then he'd have political examples too, where liberalism is, if you're um, focusing on the the freedom of the individual, that's the answer to what the problems of the world are. Right. So he, he kind of believes that all ideologies are religious and but is that a, is that a bad thing necessarily? It's just a comment. It's, just, it's a, yeah, it's yeah. not necessarily like this is what's bad about ideologies, yeah. but that well, I think he would say that the fact that they offer salvation, quote unquote, in some way through right. the ideology is is idolatry, mm. right? But that people would define it as salvation seems a little bit to me. I don't think they would, but they would be like the answer to living in the world successfully is to subscribe to this ideology. Sure. Yeah. Solving a problem. Yeah. So if the problem is scarcity, the answer is capitalism. If the problem is discrepancy, the answer is communism. If the problem is um, everybody's the same, the answer is liberalism. I don't know. That's boiling it down pretty simply, but... Yeah. Well, it's not a super long podcast, so... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so here's a question. If Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. That's fine. I'm just thinking if you were going to, like, start a society... You know, and you're like, okay, I got my island. I picked my best people. What ideology do you go for? Like, if you have well, to choose one. Picardism. 
Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Tyler? <laughs> <laughs> no explanation needed. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Well... I'm reading Lord of the Flies in English. Yeah, I, I knew <laughs> you were, so I felt like this was a leading question. <laughs> and the whole uh, premise of that, most people, if you attended high school, you might have read that book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the last um, 80 years. <laughs> yeah. And the, the theme is that as humans, we are, like, if we we're put into that situation, like, we will kill each other, um, kind of return to our natural state of evil. But... If I wasn't reading that right now, I would probably say collectivism. Uh, that's not a ism we've mentioned yet, mm-hmm. but that's. But I'm I'm double thinking everything right now because. But in a nutshell, can you tell us what collectivism would look like? Well, caring for others more than yourself. Hmm. But you've been talking about when you talked about ideologies as religion, and but I but. So now I'm one, but so many people adhere an ideology to Christianity, Hmm. right? So like if Christianity is its own thing separate from these ideologies, then we're really making a mistake by trying to match up like, oh, the Christian way of looking at this is capitalism or socialism or whatever one. But that's what I'm doing right now too. Like when I'm thinking, okay thinking about the gospel that's truth love your neighbor as yourself equals collectivism but that's that's kind of my yeah i don't know how do you how do you start a society with collectivism though that's the yeah right like how do you ensure that everyone is doing that and well and that question makes me feel woefully inequipped because i only know what i've grown up in and sure. so I'd probably just do that and tweak it a little bit here and there. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't know a lot about um, other isms as well as I. Well, I'd like to know, Graham. What did you grow up in? How would you identify the ism you grew up in? Is well, it the same that I grew up in? Oh boy, that's a good question. Similar, same country, similar time, <laughs> a few years <laughs> apart. But what do you think it is? Canada. Yeah. I don't know. We are. We're fairly centrist in a lot of like I I wouldn't say Canada is like a oh man I don't know thing is like there's no country that's a that's a capitalist country no and there, there's no there country really that's isn't. a purely socialist country like no. we're we're a mix we have a free market to an extent maybe not as free as you might think mm-hmm. we've we've got social programs um where our, where our money goes towards universal health care um, schooling so I mean that's it's a hard question because there's just so many things going on yeah um we're a fairly or traditionally a fairly environmentally conscious country mm-hmm. i think yeah um especially comparatively yeah right so i it's just yeah there's a lot going on um i guess that makes it easier to answer that question like i was trying to think of like if you had to pick one mm-hmm. right but if you had to well, yeah you can't really Right, because no matter what, it's going to be a blend or a mixture of all these things. Right, but like, what could like your but, guiding ideology? And that's be, that's right? now I feel better about man. Now yeah. I feel more secure <laughs> yeah. in my answer. Like collectivism would be the starting point, but then we are going to have to make decisions about, like, do we lean towards socialism or capitalism, or do we lean towards? In some areas, is there some? Are we going to? Do you care about take a step in towards your- individualism in some areas? 
Well, what right, about right. like when it comes to different countries? Like, like, do you care about people in other countries more than yourself? Right. Where do the are yeah, you going to be you know, an isolationist or right, a globalist? Your, yeah. Yeah. Nationalist. Yeah. So basically, no answer to your question. <laughs> no, no. I, that's okay. I, and what I about wondered, you, Chris. Yeah. Well, I wondered, like, as a product of, like, I'm born in the '70s. I grew up on Sesame Street television, which is pretty collectivist if you look mm-hmm. at it, right? Um, I. I was also a kid in the 80s when Reaganism, which is almost its own ideology, Mm -hmm. was all about national pride and the roaring 80s. Like the consumerism consumerism was just, you know, and I'm a product of that too, probably. I also feel like I'm pretty patriotic, you know, for my own country. And the more I think about that, like, does that jive with, you know, who I should be and what really matters? I don't know. There's lots of things that I, I think kind of overlap and layer on there. So it's hard to pick a, yeah. Yeah. I also, I, I'm pro- probably like a Protestant work ethic. Like that's kind of drilled into people where you work hard and you make your own way and kind of that American dream sort of idea, which there's some truth to that. But, mm-hmm. and I think that's, what's interesting about ideologies. There's truth to all of them. Right. And, and there's good things about all of them. And then there's real off the rails thinking in all of them too. Where is there good stuff to all of them? Is there no ideology that there wouldn't be any? Oh, good question. Right. Email us. At <laughs> yeah. Well, it's kind of like what, you're a character in a video game where you got all the the bars, like skill levels that you can like yeah. level up in, yeah. right? Yeah. Like so, it's like, right. but you only have a certain amount of points you can assign to each yeah. thing. So you could be a level. 90 capitalist and a level two environmentalist. Right. <laughs> but then, cool but as you progress through the game, that can change. Right. And I, Chris, I, a lot of what you were saying, I was like, Oh, so that like the growing up in the eighties and early nineties, like that's why they're on Netflix. There are shows about retro gaming. Exactly. And toys. toys and like, uh-huh. exactly. Right. Like, but, and then growing up, I was pretty patriotic as well. But now like I'm, I think you were kind of saying this too, like questioning some of that, right? And so like those bars are always changing, right? So it's a very fluid thing to your ideology or your ideologies. I don't think they're like that for everybody. That they're not fluid? I think that people who value critical thinking maybe do assess their ideologies as they get older. I don't know if everyone does that though. You so think? there's like a dyed in the wool. I've been a 90 fascist and I'm going to stick Maybe. to it. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I wonder your yeah. experiences probably lend that to that too, right? Like yeah. fascism doesn't just be like a, I'm going to just grow up and be a fascist. It, right. It's in response to what's happened up to that point to you, I think. Or well, you to didn't have the language to say you were a fascist. No. Until right. you get to a certain point in your life. That's right. I think the one, if I was making my own society, I, it's a, what I see, there's lots of things that we talk about lots, but in our society, you, you kind of nailed it, the 80s and 90s kids, the fast food chains, the toy, like the consumerism. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is defined, defined so much of what our society right now, and I, I would like to somehow in my own society create an economy, but not one that's not reliant on constant consumerism and upgrades and replacements. Good luck. I know. Well, exactly. I mean, I'm not... Uh, there's books and stuff that I could read about that, but you know, it just, it, sometimes you just kind of lament just how much, how much is based on how much we have to buy. You know, we just have to buy. 
Uh, is there even an alternate view of economy that like any country or group of people is subscribing to right now that is different mm -hmm. than what I think of economy? Yeah, I don't know. Like that are opposite to consumerism? Well, even like I don't know this for sure, but the idea of scarcity is usually how you teach economics, right? Mm -hmm. There's only so much of everything. And if you control the product or the process or the distribution, you're going to make money making it, delivering it, or reselling right. it, right? So whether that's natural resources or, uh, you know, upsell, up making something and, and selling it, is there a different way of doing it that isn't based on I have it and you don't and you want it, so you'll pay me well, for it? Well, that's where you have, all of us have a certain level of environmentalism but if you are a higher level environmentalist that might drop your level of consumerism maybe but it also might just make the products you make way more expensive because you're going to produce right. them in an environmentally friendly way mm -hmm. but i'm you're still going to make something i want that i need or think i need yeah or else you're going to go out of business I just right. I, like I'm sure there are alternate ways of doing economy. Yeah. I just don't have a clue what they are. Right. Because I'm a I also know of that the 80s. I also kind of make assumptions that you know, 50, 60, 70 years ago, people were not buying near the amount of disposable things that we buy now. Like almost everything that we that we now buy is not bought for long term anymore. Mm -hmm. Because because a lot of factors, I guess, but we don't know how to make our own clothes anymore, I guess. That doesn't help. Or bake our own bread. Or sure, yeah. So, yeah. But there's a, I, there's like a push for like simple living and yeah, DIY and yeah. shopping local. Like there's, I don't know what to call that. Like, yeah. it, but maybe it's so small and insignificant that you can't really call it an, an ideology. Like it's a value that some people have, but you're still yeah living in a More principles maybe. Yeah. I think it probably relates to environmentalism in in a huge way. Yeah. Um, not not shipping stuff across multiple countries and locally yeah. grown stuff and supporting smaller business, local business. That's that's an ideology. Don't know what it's called. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Localism. Localism. Yeah. I mean, speaking of man, blind Hippie man beer. Ism. Love the blind <laughs> man beer these days. Loving it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys go to their anniversary thing? Didn't they were sold out because yeah, of the COVID? Yes, yeah, buy tickets. Yeah. How did it work? They sold tickets, and it was just limited number of people. Yeah, yeah. They had a, I think it was a pretty cool event. Uh, yeah, but you had to have your tickets ahead of time. Are we kind of surprised we weren't invited to like live podcast at the event? We're the only mm. podcast that they actually support. So <laughs> unless there's more, I don't know of. <laughs> yeah, unless if they not. support Joe Rogan or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Okay, <laughs> let's do a little, uh, little break here. Okay. One of the ideas when we started this podcast, well, one of the ideas, the idea, I think, is to talk about issues, things that we're interested in, and model doing that in a harmonious way. Right now, when you watch the news, and Graham, you brought up a good current events example, the polarization or the, the split, I think, in ideological thinking seems really far apart in in the world especially in north america right now i don't know would you, if you would agree with that or not but mm -hmm. it feels that way to me yeah i think when you were talking about i love tyler how you talked about the um video game bars like 
you know, kind of moving and expanding or contracting, but how would you, how would you quantify that? If you, if you want to kind of continue with that um, metaphor, what does that look like in the States lately or in North America in terms of like nationalism, fervor, or, um, you know, some people will throw out words like fascism or, you know, that's what the left will say. And then the right will say, well, Marxism is growing, but how would you say those bars are moving right now in, in North America? Well, in my head to keep using that video game analogy, like it's every character has their unique skill sets or ideological points or whatever, but then you're still divided onto two teams. So you're on team A or team B. And if you're on team B, it doesn't matter what your distribution of points is by ideology, but you're team B. So everyone on team A is going to view you as a team, fascist team or B, yeah. Yeah, as team B. Whatever the opposite or, is. Yeah, left-wing commie or whatever. Like, so yeah. that's, the way, that's what I, I'm discouraged by when I look at the United States and in some cases Canada That's too, a cool but. way to think of like the, 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 the downfall of a two-party system that you have to fit your views into one side, which is ludicrous. And the decision, like you're, I mean, there's so much else tied into it in the States, like tradition and family and yeah, like it makes it hard. But yeah, like you sit in the room, someone who voted for the same party as you, but you could really disagree with them on environmental issues or feminism or racism. Yeah, exactly. So, but how do you have a conversation with them about that without them thinking you're a traitor or you belong to the other team or yeah. That's It'd be a, nice if the leaders themselves modeled something that looked like that. Like when, when the leaders themselves are bickering, like, well, they like use the language teams. of, right. Yeah. The and they set that bad. tone and that's tough. Cause I think good discourse is happening, but it's good. I just think it's hard to find cause we're not being, that's not what the leaders are showing us. Is that is that wrong, or has that always been that way? Uh, yeah, good question. It f- maybe because it's more um, on the radar and in the news cycle all the time. Yeah. It feels like it's, but I don't know. It feels more pronounced now to me. Right. And I would like, like, I'm just curious if you go over. I don't know who was always Republican or Democrat in the United States or conservative or liberal in Canada over the like the course of our existence. But if you were to track, you know, graph what actually was going on in the country compared to which party was in power? Yeah. Would it even look any different? Like, well, it's kind of mm-hmm. like you have this trajectory of what a country's doing and does the leadership really even matter? Right. Is there much difference between a Democrat and a Republican or a conservative and a liberal? Well, I, I listened to a podcast recently and they talked about how, um, George Bush, uh, George W. Bush, his government, like he was a Republican, yeah, right, yeah. But they they spent so much on like more than almost any other government on social services, like just government spending. Were the, were the wars being included in that government spending? I'm not like the point they were the point they were <laughs> making. They were too, well, that was some big ones. Then. The point yeah. they were making was that like he was a Republican, but did a lot of these things that were in today's climate like Democrat, traditionally Democratic. Yeah, yeah but. In the like they, because he's on Team B, they don't care. Like it, 
Like it was a Republican government. Right. So there, there is kind of that tendency to otherize, like no matter who you are or what you're thinking, like yeah, you don't look at this what you like, do the is individual bad you. things that happened. You look at what team they were. On. You got to and you got to win. Like and your team has to win. It's, yeah, it almost and then, doesn't like the the politicians now are. That's how you get your team cheering for you and rah rah pumped up is by using that kind of language. I think right, yeah. like if it becomes too nuanced and like then probably going to hurt your chances of winning mm-hmm. an election right so i don't know how you change that um alan bloom i just have a quote from him he's a philosopher and he said the whole world is divided between the followers of john locke and Karl marx and if you know who john locke is he was kind of the father of modern liberalism and most people know who Karl marx is but just his, you know communism kind of evolved out of his thinking um i used to think that the cold war was the most boring thing to learn about i think it's the most fascinating time in in like modern history just the idea of two ideologies that are in conflict Mm -hmm. and how the world sort of aligns itself into two camps of you're either a or b yeah and maybe that was kind of polarizing for the united states and can't like for the west to sort of say hey we know where we fit on this spectrum Mm -hmm. and for that reason it it kind of strengthens us and it gives us all kinds of things like the space race and the greatest board game of all time, Twilight Struggle. Um, but it also, <laughs> it, it creates an us versus them. It's like, do we need an us versus them just to kind of rally around or, I don't know. Well, that's... Yeah, do we need that? Yeah. A, yeah. Do we need a space race to yeah. innovate? Would we have gotten to the moon without it? No. No way. Hmm. And would we have modern conveniences without... It? No. Yeah. Would Tyler right. have his Velcro shoes? He he wouldn't. No. Or would you have diaper pampers? No. No. Not me. Oh, sorry. Oh, I thought we were really laying it on, <laughs> laying it on there. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I think, and the rise right now in the states and Canada of nationalism, like that kind of, and around scared. the world too. That's and not around just, the world. Yeah. Yeah. Just those are interesting things that are happening right now. That. Um, yeah. Yeah, and and also there's nothing new under the sun. That's that happens every whatever yeah. eighty years or whatever. There's a cycle of that, I think. But yeah, I think we're resetting. As a, as a figure, Trump is like the the current president. Trump has sort of just like heightened a lot of the stuff because it's he's such an outlandish figure. There, there's never been anyone quite like him in that position. So it's made a lot of people engage with this that maybe wouldn't normally engage. Mm-hmm. And it just it, maybe it makes it seem a lot more like. I don't know if that makes any sense, but there's nothing new under the sun, but this is just a different, a much different spin or a different angle or a different um, attraction for some people. Hmm. Um, yeah, but he, you know, says what he means, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> so Chris, um, let me ask you, what what keeps you interested in, in ideologies? What what has, this is your thing lately, you've been reading about it a lot, like what fascinates you about ideologies? I think it's that everybody has one, even if they can't properly um, put words to what it is they think about it. Like I've, I've definitely talked to people, oh no, I don't subscribe to an ideology. Like I'm a Christian or a Canadian or whatever. Like the, but actually when you get to it, they do. They have thoughts about what, of how they interpret the world. And I, I feel like I could plunk them into one of those categories. Mm-hmm. Um, and that 
ideologies are so right now, especially in the political climate and economic climate of the world, um, people are holding on to them more tightly, I think in my, than in my lifetime I've ever noticed. So I didn't live through world war II or the great depression or the Vietnam war where ideologies were really on display. But right now it's like you see people waving those flags metaphorically speaking and it's really interesting like it's it's see-through almost it's like oh okay right i see you're a neo-fascist or a Mm -hmm. modernist or a progressive or a classical liberal or a nationalist or whatever is there like it feels to me like we're becoming more and more like the reason that's happening my explanation for that why people are it's becoming more obvious and people are more stubborn or more vocal about what they think is because of fear of the other side. Yes. I so think if so. I don't speak out and like make it clear what side I'm on, someone might assume I'm on the other side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Right? So it in my head, like I know pretty pessimistic I feel like lately, but like it's just we're getting more and more further and further away. And is that ever gonna stop? Or do we need this to happen in order for like, how do we fix it? I, I feel like it's hopeless to me. Is that yeah. kind of the way I feel right now? Well, I think dialogue actually makes you realize that you are way closer to the, in ideological principles, to the people you're speaking to than you thought. Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, I, like I like that. I think yeah. you, you just need to talk that some of that through. You can assume or you can put people into camps. And I just said I do. But yeah. that's based on what I think they think. When I talk to them, I go, oh, actually, in principle, we agree on most things. Yeah, if we hadn't talked, I would have just gone about assuming you were a fascist. Right. Yeah. Be- like, Chris, like Chris is a fascist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah until because of the podcast. way you <laughs> walk with your legs straight like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and we have a tendency to do that. But actually, when you look at it, there are things that people... Yeah, when you see what they really value or how they live things out, you're like, oh, that's actually really similar to what I do. And so we're probably closer. You know, the the ideology I think I subscribe to the most is liberalism, the idea that individuals have a lot of worth and that people are free to make their own decisions. But I don't know if this is irony or not. Tyler, you'll have to tell me if this is irony. <laughs> liberalism also allows for the freedom to subscribe to any other ideology. No other ideologies do that. I don't think if you're a communist, you don't even have space to think about capitalism because communism has to protect itself so tightly that it can't even allow that. But if you're a liberal, if you're, you know, and liberal, not big L liberal, but if you believe in the importance of the individual and freedom, you know, in a sense, you can have a communist party, a anarchist party, a... You're not burning books. You're not burning books. Yeah. You're not censoring. You want to hear everybody's opinion. And what's weird is it, it, it can evolve into any other kind of ideology because out of liberalism can come anything, I think. Out of the others, I don't... I think you're kind of stuck there. Right. Unless there's like revolution or something. You don't need a revolution in liberalism. You just have... You vote in the <laughs> fascists or you, yeah, that's kind of what makes liberalism cool, but it's also, it's like Achilles heel or Trojan horse or well, whatever. Is it, then is it the, the other ism that I'm thinking of is pluralism or like, hmm. 
postmodernism. I tried to use that in the episode a few, a few episodes. I like ago. it. Yeah, but um, yeah. where it's like anything is, everything is right. Kind right, of, right. So, is that what liberalism is? Where I don't think liberalism is that. I think liter- liberalism allows that. It okay. says, okay, you think anything's right? Yeah, liberalism actually allows you to, the freedom to, right. to say that, and it won't stop me from stopping you from saying that. Okay. But it isn't, that isn't necessarily what liberalism is, as far as I understand it. Please yeah. email harmoniousgentleman <laughs> at gmail.com yeah. if you think we're way off track. I think we should just get a, a feeling of everyone's ideology that listens to the show. So just... On the count yeah. of three. <laughs> <laughs> no, our listeners, I don't... Okay, oh, I don't yeah, care what you guys oh, think. Yeah. I know you're a fascist. I don't need to really. <laughs> um, Chris, I just want to thank you for our discussion. That was awesome. Yeah. It's great. Thanks for uh, taking part. You can't see this at home risky. because this is a podcast, but he had uh, a printed piece of paper with questions ready and notes and quotes, which is the most prepared we've ever been for this show. Yeah. In 31 episodes. And so thank my you. brain hurts almost as much as the episode that we had Dana on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite, but almost. But I, I, I felt more prepared. I feel a little episode. bit kind of dumb a couple times talking tonight. Like, just like, maybe dumb is the wrong word, but I, I felt a little bit, I wish I could get better answers hmm. and a little bit um, vulnerable, I guess, right? In these yeah. spaces where I don't, I I'd love to think more about these things, but. I think it's important that we that we have these discussions, and so, um, yeah. I guess I wonder: is it worth talking about? Yeah, it certainly is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. especially That's with good. especially with the current climate. There's a big election coming up, which, by the way, I think episode 32 will be maybe our only ever sort of political talk because That's the American election is a big deal, and we thought we would maybe have Peter on as our token American. That's ideological. Yeah, and. Just discuss the election. Maybe right before, maybe right afterwards. We'll see. Yeah. But uh, as for now, any closing thoughts uh, before we get to confessions? No, thanks, Chris. That was good. Good questions. Uh, Closing thought, maybe don't allow your ideology to become an idolatry. Hmm. It Hmm. can't save you. It isn't the answer for the whole world, even though there might be some good ideas packed in there. So what should drive my voting decisions? Well, I mean, what will your ideologies, but what should? I don't know. That's a good question. Whoever has the nicest signs. Oh. Whoever has the best theme music. (laughs) Stickers. Best stickers. (laughs) Okay, let's, uh, let's do a pause, and we will end with a little round of confessions. Sounds good. Welcome back to Confessions. Um, I'm going to start this week. I'll, I'll be quick because I got, I was the only one who had one uh, last time out of the three of us, right? With the other guest hosts. Yep. So I'll go quick. Um, do you guys know what it is to project? Um, when you project a problem onto someone else, it's maybe you've got the issue. Be you sure. know what I mean? Yeah. In politics, it happens all the time. Like yep. you're, you accuse those of what you're guilty of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think I was projecting the other day and I, and um, I'll just share it with you guys real quick. So, I've been at home a lot more with the kids, um, not working as much these days. Um, and I find it really hard to stay off my phone. 
Okay. Right? Like when I'm when I'm at work, you, you can't do it. When you're at home, yeah, yeah, I'm with the kids, but it's so easy just to take a look at it. Right. Yeah. And and even though I don't have Twitter anymore or, or some of those other apps, there's still things I can I can glance at. So I, and lately I've been sort of feeling like it's it's becoming a bit of a problem. Like it's becoming an issue that I need mm. to really clamp down on. But anyway, the other day I noticed my wife was looking at her phone and I made a comment. Oh, okay. A comment about like, hey, I, you know, I'm kind of on there a lot. <laughs> and the reality is she's not. And the reality <laughs> is like in that moment, it just kind of came over me that it was totally about me. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't, but it, it's so weird how it just happened. Like it, it just, right. it, you know what I mean? Like you, it just, it was an instinctual comment when, but then as soon as I said it, it was like, that was ludicrous. Like there's no way. <laughs> was she offended? Yeah. And she, and she should have been. I mean, we didn't have a, you know, big fist fight or anything, but you know, like she definitely, you could <laughs> tell, time. you could tell she's probably like, huh, you know what I mean? Like yeah. really, you know, interesting. like I bet if we both had those apps I and mean, it measured like hours per day, I mean, there's no way she'd be anywhere near what I have on certain days. So mm-hmm. anyway, I should, I've apologized, but I officially apologize in the podcast as well. But I feel like that was like a moment of projection, if that makes mm. sense. Yeah. I don't yeah. think that like takes away my guilt or me being a, a jerk, but you know what I mean? I think it was one of those moments that was more about my own, maybe insecurities. So that's my confession. Been on my okay. phone too much lately. I gotta, I gotta cut back. I gotta do it. Don't yeah. know how. That's a good confession. Yeah, that's real. It was real. Uh, my confession is something. Was I going next? Tyler? Go Sorry. for it. Okay. Um, well, I've joined a curling league. That isn't my confession. That's <laughs> a kind of a recommendation. But I realized I should probably get new pants because um, I didn't want to go in jeans, and I really have like dress pants and jeans. That's it. Maybe some like shorts for the gym. So I thought I need like track pants or you know that kind of a thing so i went to sport check on yesterday and i was in the i first first of all this is just an annoyance there was a pair of under armor pants that were on sale for 104 dollars is this normal first of all like they were like 160 dollars and they were like sweatpants they were like kind of like tearaway style like Hmm. yeah like that just seemed ridiculous to me but anyway i didn't even try those on so i took two pairs of diodora which is this Australian soccer brand, uh, both reasonably priced into the change room. And I knew like, okay, if I'm curling, I'm going to be doing like lunges and stuff. So in the change room, <laughs> I tried on this one pair and I just thought I should do like just some squats to see like, do they feel? Oh, oh. <laughs> so there's one pair I tried on that I was like, okay, these ones I think, but I'm going to try this other pair that was just a bit of a different fabric. And I did one <laughs> like deep squat and I may have heard like a slight tear. <laughs> in the fabric and i just didn't buy those but i like i looked they didn't look like the the seam was busted or anything like that but i was like oh they were compromised how how audible was the sound like the people outside the the door it was like a a few stitches like a stitch maybe came up but when i looked i couldn't see that anything was damaged man but i didn't look too that's a good one Anyway, I was like, she's like, did those work out for you? I'm like, well, these ones did, but I don't think I'll take this pair. I mean, structurally, those pants are going to hold up to anything anyway. Yeah, if, if they're one lunge. How deep yeah. was the lunge, though? That was a good deep squat, maybe a bit oh, of a squat? butt wink at the end. Okay, so it was like down to the floor? Not that deep, but I can't. Were your arms in front? Deep. My arms were in front. Not not above? Okay, yeah. so oh. keep back Anyway, straight. Sport Jack, if you're listening... <laughs> <laughs> and maybe I owe an extra forty-two dollars. <laughs> Boy, this is really getting real. But like, tonight. I wasn't yeah, going to buy one. them if they. 
That's a good dilemma. It's a, it's a dilemma because they, they would not have been a but good purchase. To defend myself, like I did look and there was, I couldn't tell anything was like wrong. Yeah. And you're implying that if you did notice a tear, you would have bought them. Or told them. <laughs> I don't actually, yeah. You're, I don't you're know what, so, what would I have done. There's a giant yeah, hole. Said, uh, like, look, all I did was try these on and there's a big hole here. I don't know. <laughs> that's why we try things on, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's that's my favorite. That's good. That's Chris. a good one. Um, my confession was that I, well, it's not that I was calling to get a new credit card, but that's what I was doing. So I was on the phone with uh, Mastercard or whatever, and they do like a identity confirmation or mm-hmm. whatever. And there's, and I had to do it like three times. It felt like I had to keep answering these questions about my age and where I live. And there's one multiple choice question about like. Which of these following vehicles did you buy in 1992? Oh boy! And it was like, but in 1992 I was six, so the answer was D. None of the above. That was a real question yeah. in 1992. Yeah, it was a weird. Hmm. So question. these aren't things like you've picked as your security no, questions. No, that oh, one wasn't. My goodness! Like they, it was like they knew my some credit history kind of stuff. But anyways, there's one question like, "When's your birthday?" So I gave my birthday, and then a few questions later, "How old are you?" And I said 34. And then there was just a big pause. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. Wait. And then what did I do wrong? And then she came back on. She's like, so what's your birthday again? <laughs> and I told her. And then she said, okay, so how old are you? <laughs> like, so like clearly I had like made a mistake. And she was supposed to basically not proceed. But she gave me a second chance. She said, so... If you were born in 1986, <laughs> it's September. You're the one. You haven't had your birthday you yet. You are <laughs> or 30. Yeah. <laughs> and I then I kind of caught it, and it was really embarrassing. Yeah. I gave the wrong. That's pretty embarrassing. How old are you for real? I'm 33. Oh. For Usually another people would like undershoot, right? Like say they're younger than they are, but you. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. I turned 34 soon. Mm-hmm. I have to do it by what year is it? Like That's, I, I know I, I kind of need to figure it out too. But it does stop being important at around twenty-seven or so. Yeah. But anyways, so mm. new credit card. Was yes. that to get the reward that they give you and then cancel it? Because uh, we almost did that. It's the all day. about getting the rewards. Is it okay? Yeah. Yeah, we got this offer for money, and we thought, oh, let's just do it. Yeah. Oh, hmm. PC Optimum. That's our really loyalty program. We're WestJet, and you can't go anywhere, so it's kind of a dumb mm. card to have. What are you? RBC rewards. They're awful. <laughs> I get like Best Buy gift cards Shout every couple out of years. To RBC. <laughs> Heidi has the Avion, uh, the, fl- the flight one, and that's that was used to be helpful yeah. when there were flights. Yeah. Mm. Well, that was a good time, everyone. That was an, an hour. So if you're still with us, you are a trooper, mm-hmm. especially if it's stuttering the whole time. Yeah. Way to go. <laughs> yeah. Right. Maybe you forgot to upload this at 96 kbps. Yeah, we're going to try it new. So hopefully this worked out well. Please, and please let us know if, if you did experience a problem and you noticed uh, an improvement. I would love to hear that it worked. That'd be great. Yeah, and if you want to tell us your ideology or why our ideologies suck, please mm-hmm. let us know. At? HarmoniousGentleman at gmail.com. And Twitter and Instagram. Do we ever check Twitter? I we, haven't we keep, for a long time. But we keep I will deleting the app. So someone. <laughs> We keep like saying it's awful, but then advertising our Twitter. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, and that's just at at Harmonious Gents. Yeah, any suggestions for topics, we could probably use some of those too. Yeah. 
I'm looking forward to one of you bringing maybe after the political episode. Yeah, maybe we'll do the the election maybe next time and then. Yeah, an idea. Okay. Kind awesome. Fun way to do it. Well, thanks again, Chris, for hosting. Of course, yeah. Thanks for coming. And Shanna, thanks for the, the home here. Lovely. And the animals. Yeah. Yeah, the ambient noise this week, not <laughs> birds fluttering or trains going by. You might hear my dog's toenails or Tyler yelling at our cat. <laughs> or me eating the jujubes. They were good. Mm. My goodness. Okay, we should probably go. Yeah. So, Tyler, anything else? Well, I rethought Chris's question about what ideology would I start if I was to start a society. Mm-hmm. I think nudism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, we'll see you next time <laughs> <Okay>. on. Okay. <laughs> Our <Our-Marcus laughs> gentlemen. <laughs>